0: today as we get to step into the scriptures we explore what it looks like to wait to wait for something in the midst of the good and in the midst of the loss and the tough times so as looking from Luke chapter 1 verse 26 to 37 we look at Mary experience getting the message of the child that she carries In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are truly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, And as she hears this message, maybe later on we imagine her going to visit her cousin Elizabeth and celebrate with her because she was also pregnant. And maybe if she was in this uh, age, we would be so excited to make plans. So the last, yesterday I was at our friend's baby shower and just the making of plans. You get the bag ready, you have the baby clothes, you have the baby uh, items, you have the, the, the gynecologist you have seen, you've picked the hospital. They have planned ready for the baby who is coming. And maybe this is what she had done. She found, uh, She booked the hospital they knew they would go to Maybe she had seen the doctor, and she was ready to have this baby. And even maybe she imagined how it would be that she was giving birth to the Son of God. And she thought maybe it would be grand. The God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses, the one who split the seas, the one who put the stars in the sky, the one who is beyond what we can understand and express, this was the God, this was the child she was giving birth to. And she thought maybe it would, be brand, it would be grand as God steps into earth. But it doesn't pan out as expected. So in the midst of all this having, getting ready, almost due, having everything ready, there's a message that comes from the governor. So governor of Nairobi tells everyone to go and take census in the up country and she's just a few months about to give birth. What happens? I've just picked the hospital. I'm ready. I have my bag. I imagine my friends or my um, family that will show up, and now we have to go. I can only imagine how it is to have a seven, seven. You're pregnant seven months, and you're a don- on a donkey for a very long ride, on a bumpy ride. There is no maybe cushioning on the donkey and you're going to a different place altogether. And maybe in the midst of all this, she may have remembered the prophecy that had been made. But Mary treasured all these things, giving careful thought to them and pondering them in her heart. The son of God, but yet born in a small town, and the first people to see him who are the animals and the shepherds? So, when you look at most plays, I love Christmas plays. Um, if you look at them or you watch the movies, they really make the shepherds look amazing. They're in white robes, they look clean they have a staff and even when you see that scene when the angel comes to tell them it's just bright light and then they all fall to the ground it's such an organized experience it's fascinating they look so wonderful even just like okay i could have been the shepherds thought i can go and see jesus so that concept of shepherds is very different from the actual then century shepherds so shepherds were at the least of the least of the least They were known for thievery and stealing. They were homeless because they took care of the sheep and traveled everywhere with the sheep. They did not have steady homes. Like they just moved around with the sheep. You would invite them to help clean out your compounds, but you wouldn't invite them to your house because they could steal from you. In a court of law, because of their lack of credibility, they could not be listened to as witnesses. They were the least of the least. They were worse than leopards. They actually received no help. They were the least of the social strata. And these were the first people to see the God of heaven in flesh. I can imagine Mary thinking in her mind, maybe just imagining the God of heaven and the first people to see are animals. So, when they were in that, when you would, um, when after the census, backstory, when the, after the census was called, because of how Bethlehem was a small town, see, like if you go up country and it's a village, most people know each other. So, if you, then the extended family that was up country would prepare a house or a room for you. So, most, some of the houses then would have a ground floor and a top floor. So, the top floor was a guest room. So once they had the announcement of the censors, they would tidy up the place and get ready for the extended family who were coming in for the census. So by the time Jesus, Joseph and Mary were landing in Bethlehem, their families' um, guest rooms were all full. And now they ended up living on the ground floor. They say it's a shed, but what they would do for families um, on the ground floor when they, in the evenings, it would be the same place you'd put your sheep, your goats, your hens, or any other animals to shelter them from being stolen and being rained on. So now when, Jesus, when Joseph and Mary show up, because everywhere is full, that's the only available place. And the God of heaven is born in a manger. And it looks amazing from here. It's like amazing story, amazing photos. But us looking at it from post the story, just imagining Mary as she wandered, the God of heaven with sheep and goats and cows and shepherds. So all the hopes and dreams that she had for her child. Most of us, when we think of our children, we want them to have a better life than we do. We want them to study better. We want them to be set up for life. We make plans. We, make, we get insurances. We read books. We get ready, wanting them to have the best Life possible. So I can imagine Mary wondering, how am I going, how is our child going to be set up for life? All these hopes and dreams and aspirations that she had before she moved to Bethlehem, and even now in Bethlehem, had been shelved because no one had come with anything. Like it's, she's in with animals and with shepherds. And this is how the God of heaven was born. So maybe in that one year later, as the baby Jesus was growing, she may have gotten used to it. It's like, okay, this is, this is our new normal. We can see the baby growing. And she shelved those hopes and dreams. And just about a year and a half later, we see the Magi, who are wise, rich, wealthy, wise men from the East who come with gifts. So maybe in the sight of all that wealth as they've come to see her and see the baby... She may have looked back at those child's dreams and imagined that all this they have brought, at least now my my child can have a better life. She imagined again what what her son would become. She began to plan and put things in order and say, finally, my hopes, dreams for this child will come to be. Things had finally begun to fall into place. But doesn't it sound a lot like us? We make plans, we're excited. Maybe 2024, you are filling out um, my resolutions for 2024, looking back at the year, evaluating how it has been. But then at times the unexpected happens. There's loss. Maybe for some of us, this is the first or the second or the third Christmas without an opportunity without a loved one, without what we thought our lives would be like. Maybe it's an illness that we have been with for a long period of time. We wonder why it's not ended. Or it's taking care of a loved one who has been ill for a long period of time. It's emotionally draining, it's financially draining. Maybe it's an an anticipation that has not been met for a long period of time. So imagine the shock for Mary. Now she has just adapted to life in Bethlehem. And then Joseph comes and tells her, we need to run to Egypt. I'm like, but I'm just getting used to where I am. And sometimes as women, we like to organize. We have a plan, we have a goal. If you hear your moving houses or moving countries, you get ready with our Excel sheets, Yes. With our plans, with how we shall go, ensuring that everything is in order. But he says run; he does not say move. So it seems there was no time to pack, no time to say goodbye to our new friends, no time to say for the children to say goodbye to their friends at school, but just to move. What about what he had hoped for? The magi had just brought wealth. They had just visited her. There was just a glimpse of what her dreams for her child would be. And now she's left with questions. How come God told Joseph and not Mary? Yet it's Mary that was first told about the child. What about, why is there not enough time to pack and move? Why is it in a hurry? Why has God not stopped the infanticide because by the time Joseph was telling, the, telling Mary that they are to run, it was because Herod had put out a decree to kill all the children under two years. This is the God of heaven. He could split the seas for the Israelites to walk through. He could stop Herod and stop the horrible experience. So why hadn't God stopped it? She was really carrying a lot. The loss of the certain, the loss of the current, the familia. She had gotten used to raising Jesus in Bethlehem. The uncertainty of the future of her family. Where are they going? It's another area, continent, altogether they are going to. The fear of the death of her child. The fear of their safety. How would it be for them in that new country? Would they be safe? A change of identity, the complexities of motherhood. But yet, in the midst of all this, God incarnate, the everlasting king, was the baby she held. He understood, he knew, he felt all that she was feeling. Just like some of us with our young children, they know when we are having a tough time. We may not have said it. We are trying to ensure that everything looks good, but they know and they feel. So God with us, Emmanuel, was God with her. And we identify with Mary. She was saying goodbye to all these things as she hurriedly moved to Egypt for the safety of her child and her family. For us, as we wait in anticipation for the birth of the Lord, as we wait for the new year, there are still things that we are saying goodbye to. The loss of dreams, maybe we hoped 2023 would pan out differently. Maybe there are past experiences we are saying goodbye to. Maybe there are regrets. Maybe there's the loss of loved ones. The loss of the year that was and what we thought it would have been. The loss of relationships and friendships that maybe have crumbled. The loss of businesses, the loss of work. This loss and suffering is in the midst of the hope and anticipation of a new year. Silently hoping that all will be well. Living in the tension, the tension of the hope of a new year, the hope of something new. In the midst of saying goodbye to the things that that have gone Acknowledging that, yes, Jesus, we remember the birth of Jesus. But we acknowledge that we are here waiting. Waiting that things would be right. Waiting that things would be made whole. Waiting that every tear would be wiped away. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be death. There will no longer be sorrow. There will no longer be anguish. There will no longer be crying or pain, for the former order of things has passed away. And thinking back to what the prayer that we prayed earlier on from Sarah Bessie, she also brings up some thoughts, wondering if he would be so filled with joy at the arrival of Jesus if you weren't so filled with longing already. Longing and desiring for things to be made right in our own lives, in our families, in our health, in our emotions, in our mental health, in our country, in our globe, in our humanity. As I personally continue to long for one of my close relationships that has been fragmented due to differing opinions, to be healed and made whole. But one intense truth is that the joy that is born out from a place of loss, suffering, and longing is more beautiful because it's very complex. And we keep learning and experiencing this again and again in these days that are filled with so many of us that are grieving, angry, sad, wounded in pain and suffering living in the world as it stands right now. This joy does not erase this, it doesn't erase the, des- the desire, the difficulties or the sadness that come, but instead it redeems it. It may even stain backwards how we look at it, how we look at those days, months and years, but this joy is made more real, richer and deeper perhaps because we longed for it with all our hearts for so long, for so many days, for so many months, for so many years. All of us are waiting for things to be made right and whole in one way or another. So what then do we do in the middle? In the midst of the loss, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the longing, in the midst of the uncertain, we learn to hold both the joy and the longing and the anticipation. In the middle, in the suffering, in the pain, in the longing, at times God does not stop and clear it out. At times we remain in it, and yet he is with us in it. The prophet Nahum said, the Lord is good, He is a strength and a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows. And I like the Amplified that it gives it a few more words. That he recognizes, he cares, and he understands fully. All of us, those of us who take refuge in him. Emmanuel, God with us, in this midst of the difficulties, the pain, the suffering he continues to whisper to us, anchoring and holding us and carrying us as we wait. We wait for things to be made whole, wait for things to be healed. God hadn't left Joseph and Mary, but he was whispering with them in their horrible and uncertain present and the unclear future they leaned in and listened to Emmanuel, God, with us as they were running to Egypt, they were running with Emmanuel, they were running with the God of heaven, they were running with the God of Abraham. Could this be our invitation for today? That in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the longing, in the midst of situations that haven't changed and we've done everything that we know how to, in the midst of the pain, as we grapple with these emotions and thoughts and tensions and frustrations, that we would listen to Emmanuel also whispering to us, What could some of the verses that God has been whispering to each and every one of us, reminding us that he is with us, and we've been letting them slide, maybe? For Mary, she held on to the message the angel had given her about Jesus, the Son of God. What are some of the songs or the sermons that you found yourself listening to or found yourself drawn to, reminding you that God is accompanying you? For Mary, maybe she held on to the song that she sang to her friend Elizabeth, to her cousin Elizabeth in Luke 1, 46 to 56. She magnified Jesus Christ as Lord. Yes, he had not been born, but he is God from eternity to eternity. So she sang praises to him and magnified his name. Who are the people that God has surrounded us with? God loves working with people, and maybe he has placed different people in our lives friends in the midst of a breakup, family in the midst of tough situations, community, maybe even our pastor, to journey and walk with us in those difficult times. Mary recognized that Joseph was with her, and that's whom God had given her to walk with. The last invitation is the courage to ask for help. Asking for help is the bravest thing we can do. It's not a sign of weakness, a sign of courage. When in pain, we help. When unsure of a path, we help. We help by answering needs with care. Who are these people that God has already placed around us that we can ask for help? Mary asked Joseph for help, and she also asked God for help. So in closing, thinking about how Mary asked God for help, I'd like to make a courageous invitation that we can turn to our neighbor and pray with one another for a minute or so. The sound will, there'll be some instrumentals in the background and we can just turn to our neighbor and spend a few minutes in prayer as we ask each other to pray and as we ask God for help. amen amen thank you for taking the courageous step and praying with the one seated next to us and i'll close this time a time of prayer so lord emmanuel god with us you who is good you understand you recognize, you know the pain, the frustrations, the difficulties, the suffering. We ask, and even in anticipation, to celebrate your birth, that we would experience your joy, your strength, the people you have placed around us, your whispers to remind us that you are God with us. Even in the midst when we don't see clearly. Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.